0: That's the city where they stand two times. Say now, I'm from the city in the Midwest, wherever my state, my state. Say now, I'm from the city in the Midwest, wherever my state, that's Ohio. Say now, I'm from the city in the Midwest, wherever my state, that's Ohio, yeah. I'm from the city where they said two times, dope white boy, tell them I don't do lines, so I stuck up in the back though, rim flat, hat low, kick back, latch flow, give them what they ask for, they don't know who I am, I think it's okay, just clap for the no-name, ole, ole, shots to Patron, no way, Jose, Cincinnati boy, a bottle of Pete Rose. hands and fires,
1: he's got Chris Moore down the middle of the field, he's off to the races again, they are not going to catch Chris Moore, who is going to go 78 yards for another Cincinnati touchdown. Kilpatrick drives all the way to the basket, lefty shot, good, 4.3 seconds left in overtime. He takes the shotgun snap, short drop, looking, fires down the middle of the field, caught by Kelsey, he's running away to the 30 the
0: 20, the 10, it's a miracle! A touchdown
1: for the Bearcats! Cumberland, swerving into the lane, great spin move, right hand left is good! Uh-huh.
0: Spin cycle, Add fabric softener later. And Gary Clark throws it back out to Troy Copain. Run 308 left,
1: Evans for three, got it from the left
0: wing! What was that a big
1: one? Tony Pike waits for the snap, has the football, short drop, lobs it down the sideline for Bins, he's got Hey, welcome back to the Go Bearcats podcast. It has been a minute since we've released a new episode. A lot of stuff to catch up on. Bearcat-wise, a lot of things that's, that we've missed, we've skipped over, uh, and a lot of things that didn't really require any talking or thought process because the Bearcats didn't play for over three weeks. So it was, it was a, a decent time to take a break, I guess. Life got a little crazy. If you listen to the podcast, you know I'm a teacher, and uh, I also coach middle school basketball. And just as the Bearcats were going on a COVID break, our season kicked into full gear. So I was very busy with that. Uh, And then the past two weeks here, I myself am uh, recovering from COVID and everything that uh, went into that, which sucks. 10 for 10, do not recommend any of you get COVID. Wear a mask, get vaccinated, do whatever you got to do. It sucks. Would not ever want to do it again. Uh, But here we are. I made it through the other end. Uh, I'm back to drinking a beer. I hadn't had beer for, I don't know, two weeks. Uh, I have a a Luna Luxe from Tree here. It's a white IPA. I'll talk more about that with uh, my friend Brian Canodal here, who's going to jump on with us in a second. I haven't had Any bears for for quite some time, so it's good to uh, to crack a cold one here and record a new episode of the podcast. It took us a while, but we are finally on episode 14, so uh, let's get into it. Let's let's bring uh, Nodal on here, and let's get caught up on everything Bearcats, Hoops, and anything else that we might have missed from then until now. Let's go. All right, it's been a minute since our our last episode, but as promised, we have... Brian Kanodal back with us here to give us all the, the his insight and, and wisdom on the bearcats uh basketball team as we've gotten back in full gear here of the season after the 25day layoff or <clears throat> whatever it was here Kanodal, uh, how you doing sir pretty good glad to be back talking bearcats finally it seemed it seemed like it was longer than 25 days to me uh it seemed like it I didn't know if we were ever going to play again.
0: Yeah, almost felt like a mini off season there. Yeah, for sure. And,
1: uh, and, I mean, much to our surprise, and or, or however you want to put it, uh, the Bearcats are, are 4-0 since returning to the court, uh, which, I mean, has a lot of UC fans with a brand-new outlook uh, on the team and uh, maybe giving us some glimmers of hope. As to uh, you know, how to fit, not to fix, but how to you know look at this season going forward and and what the possibilities are. What's your uh, your just your gut reaction to uh, to just restarting four zero?
0: I mean, winning's nice, no matter how ugly it is. It's always it's always nice to get some wins on there. Get back to five hundred. You know, look a little more respectable in the standings and hopefully get some momentum going here against into the Houston game.
1: That's that's for sure. You bring up the standings. Uh, so you see uh, they are sitting at 7-7, seven and 5-4 seven, and four in the conference. Uh, we're currently fifth uh, in the rankings there, only behind Houston, Wichita State, Memphis, who's on a COVID pause, and SMU so uh not that many names ahead of us to get to the you know to the top ranked houston who i don't think anybody would argue is is the best team in the league this year but i mean we're only a game back from smu and two from memphis uh with uh i think at least we're supposed to play memphis uh twice uh smu i'm not for sure if if they're on the schedule again maybe the last one or the next to last one of the season. So definitely some ground to make up. How, so are you are you still on the at least 500 train
0: uh, as you were from the beginning of the season? Yep, yeah, sticking, sticking to the story. They're going to be 500 or better end of the year.
1: That seems like a much safer bet now than what it was the last time that we spoke.
0: It's looking a little bit better. That's for sure. Although, I mean, there's widespread panic right now. with Zach Harvey leaving. So, yes, there is. I, def- def-
1: I definitely want to get to that. I, I want to <clears throat> maybe talk more about the positive before we get to that. Uh, but you're right there. Zach Harvey uh, announced that uh, he's, he's taking his opt out, you know, now, uh, uh, which seems like a, a really weird time. Uh, but We'll get to we'll get to all that. Let's uh, let's talk about the first four games back here before we get to that, uh, because that is what has the fan base excited again. Uh, When we we returned, uh, we we were at Temple where uh, David Julius fired off 26 points and we started a walk on uh, which had everyone's head spinning. I mean, it's what we talked about. It's what everyone was talking about. Uh, we come out and we beat Temple at Temple 63 to 60. Uh, any, any thoughts on, on that specific game or, or just thoughts on
0: the return of the basketball team at that point? Uh, yeah, I mean, you finally saw the David DeJulius that we all, we all were hoping for going into the year. I mean, he played aggressive. And defense, offense, just looked good all around. They were comparing him to Steve Logan. That was probably a tad much, but he definitely looked solid.
1: I, I saw that on Twitter, and I had to bite my lip because you know I'm I'm like president of the Steve Logan fan club, uh, and have been since like middle school. Uh, I did see that, and I had uh, I thought that was a little much as well. But I'm glad to see Julius finally stepping up. Uh, and sort of being that that scoring point guard that we all thought we were going to get from the beginning of the season. <clears throat> and, you know, another thing on Julius, I think you might have been the first person to point it out to me, but he is a way better rebounding guard than, in, than he gets credit for. Uh, for whatever reason, that aspect of his game is slept on, and he – for being a lot of times one of the smallest guys on the floor, he's gonna go out and get five to seven rebounds every game.
0: Yeah, he's he's physical for his size, that's for sure. He's gonna get you some rebounds, some steals in there, you know, and then hopefully some points. I don't know if we need him taking eighteen shots a game like he did in that game, but seeing him aggressive, that was definitely big. It kind of got the whole offense going around him.
1: For sure, and and that sort of, uh, I mean, the next game, uh, we are in New Orleans at Tulane, a sixty four sixty one win, uh, where the high man that game was Williams with twenty points, uh, but it looked like DeJulius and some others they were aggressive again, they were uh, maybe a little more settled into it, and they had it, they've had uh they didn't have a walk on start this this game, uh, and again and what's maybe it's becoming a trend now bearcats winning a close game going right down to the buzzer
0: Uh, yeah i mean not being able to shoot free throws down the stretch doesn't help you kind of pull away but winning close games you know is good i think for the team overall growing figuring out how to get w's at the end of the day but yeah williams had a big game there uh I feel like that was the game. Eason also showed up. He didn't play much against Temple, but I feel like he had a decent game that game as well, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, he didn't uh, uh, he he made the layup with like 40 seconds left to uh,
1: sort of seal the deal there at that in that Tulane game.
0: Yeah, and then was that was that the game where Sam Martin finally made an appearance and the yeah. on the walk on squad? And got yeah, yeah, it was because
1: I'm pretty sure Banks. Banks definitely played that game, and I'm pretty sure you're right. Martin got minutes as well. He, I think he showed up uh, with at least an assist in, in the stat sheet.
0: Yeah, had like an assist, then he came down and turned it over and then got back on defense and drew a charge. So he was all over the place in his like two minutes. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that was a
1: that was great year. I, I was <clears throat> try, trying to pull that up here. He played four minutes, one assist, one turnover one personal foul. Uh, and of course the, the block or the, or the charge, I mean, doesn't show up, but yeah, he, he, he made his presence known there, uh, in the short four minute PT that he got yeah. spark plug I needed <laughs> him right there. So spark that that's interesting that you, that you have, uh, or that you mentioned spark plug cause, uh, the, the next game we're playing temple again, uh, which there's some – I mean, John Rothstein tweets out that college basketball scheduling is like a goat rodeo this year, which I have to say he's pretty spot on with that take. Uh, I think we were supposed to play Memphis. They went on a pause, so we ended up playing Temple again, this time at home. And, again, we are one point uh, worse than what we were the first time we played them. Ended up beating him by 271 69 with uh Davenport and mike Adams Woods, uh, really leading the way there.
0: Yeah, Davenport had a real solid game there. I think it was what I got 12 points, six assists, eight boards. So, you know, kind of flirting in with triple double territory there, but yeah, he's been playing real well really the whole stretch. Um Yeah, another game where we couldn't really shoot, but found a way to get a win at the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, we started out that game. It was like a wasn't like a I don't know like like it was like twelve to two or or something. Uh, We did not look. We did not come out of the gate firing at all.
0: Yeah, no, a little, a little dead in the water. Maybe not as not as motivated for the game you know maybe seeing Temple twice and that rapid succession you know who knows maybe they were ready for Memphis didn't have the game plan down I don't know but yeah we we started slow there
1: yeah and in that game uh Julius uh he only had 9 points but he had eight rebounds uh you know talking about how good of a rebounding guard he is uh Mike Adams Woods with 12 and 5 it that game it felt it was, it wasn't anyone's game. Like you know, the first two games, De Julius with twenty six, Williams with twenty. Uh, that second Temple go around was uh, more of a, a team effort, and I'd have to say that the next one, uh, the sixty nine sixty eight win over Central Florida, was the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah, just as much so. And you had Williams and De Julius both with fourteen in that one, and Mike Mike Adams Woods put up 13, I think it was. So definitely getting more balanced there, these last two, which is nice to see. We don't really have a, a traditional go-to guy. So you know, the more people getting involved, I think the better for us coming down the stretch. And that's something that
1: we've talked about before you and I, that we have, it seems like a lot of the same pieces to the puzzle this year, none of which are really the closer that we've had in previous years. So, I mean, do you think it's, I mean, th- is the winning recipe, the, the, 14 14 and 13 from you know three guys uh or is it going to be the the 26 point nights that get us done uh you know from one guy or the, or the next
0: i think it's more of the even distribution you can't really count on DeJulius julius getting you 26 a game i mean williams williams should be getting up there around 20 a game but you know he's going to need some help his his game isn't well rounded enough to really take over, I don't think, on a on a nightly basis. No,
1: I, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So I mean <clears throat> you take the uh the four wins here, we won all four of those games by a combined nine points. Uh winning close games is awesome. Winning's awesome. Uh I mean, as I look down the schedule here for the rest of the season, I don't really see a whole lot of games that I feel the Bearcats would would blow the team out like they would in in normal years I would say the the three or the five point or less win is going to be you know the way of the future for the rest of the season what do you think
0: Uh, yeah I would I would agree with you there we're not we're not good enough on either end to really run away from anybody our offense isn't Isn't going to put up enough points and our defense isn't quite as stout as some of the old school Bearcat defenses that might lock another team down to 50 points in a game. And then even if you only score 65, you're still still got a decent size victory on somebody We're we're definitely going to be coming down the stretch with most of these teams. If we were going to blow anybody out, we we already played them.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, You know, I mean, speaking of defense, you know, I did like to see – last time we played uh, Central Florida uh, back in December, uh, a guy that we talked about, that Mayhan or or Mahan, he he put up like 25 on us the first time, and we sort of held him in check uh, the other night, which I think is a good sign because he he had his way in the first game. Whatever he wanted, he got.
0: Yeah, they – they definitely weren't talking about him quite as much this time around, which was, which was nice. Yeah, they. I mean, defenses looked a little bit better. I mean, efficiency-wise, they haven't moved anywhere. I feel like we've actually fallen back in the official defensive efficiency rank. But, I mean, they're doing enough to win right now, and that's the big thing. And I feel like nobody's really torched us. Granted, there aren't really any players on Temple or Tulane that are going to do that to you. So we'll get we'll get a better feel for it on Sunday.
1: Sunday, one o'clock on ESPN. Uh, I believe that's the tip-off time. Last I checked. Uh, So we're not on ESPN Plus. That's I don't remember the last game that wasn't on the Plus. Uh, Regular ESPN. So that should be interesting. Uh, Give uh, Kevin Johnson a chance to uh, come up with uh, some more catchphrases other than his popular. 100 percent (laughs) uh Which I I feel as though I caught on to that like a lot earlier than a lot of people and it drove me nuts from the beginning and now like Everyone
0: on twitter is on to it. It's hilarious Yeah, he's he's dropping 100 percent about 15 times a game. I feel like at least normally
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I I lost count around something like that Uh last game, uh, but I don't know. We'll see we'll see uh <laughs> well, so I, I hope that's a trend that we can can continue to uh, to monitor th- throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but let, let's so. Let's, 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 any other thoughts from from the games uh, before? I kind of want to talk about some individual uh, come ups here, a little a little uh, individual play. Uh, but before that, any other thoughts on on the games or any other aspects of them uh, up until this point? Uh,
0: none. Not really, I mean, you want to see the shooting get better. I don't know if that's something that's going to happen, but and we cannot shoot the ball at all from the outside. I think I counted up those last four games, and we're shooting just a shade under thirty percent from three, which isn't doing a whole lot. Still firing up around twenty three a game or so though, so they're not shy about it, but they're just not hitting anything. you know free throws getting incrementally better but still i mean 63 percent. i think over the last four games that's not getting it done although the 10 for 21 in that first game back against temples bringing Plenty. the average down some but what, like what do you think those numbers go up
1: what do you think about uh the freshman uh madsen what do you think about his foul shot routine
0: Trying to think what it is. I mean, I feel like he doesn't waste much time.
1: No, I don't. That's I don't think so either. I think I think Dan Horde called it the Papa Shot technique, where it's just like, like it's it's one dribble and then shot. Like, yeah, it's more no, of an
0: absence of a routine. Yeah, but, there's, yeah.
1: There's no way it takes three seconds.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure what he's shooting. I feel like it's not as good as it could be because he's he's a good shooter, but. Yeah, you'd like to see some of these guys start knocking down free throws, although I don't know if it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they said he was like a high 80, 80% shooter in high school. Uh, but I wonder if he, if he did that, if that one dribble shot, if that's like his, his go-to thing, just don't get inside your head, dribble and shoot it. I mean, Yeah, he, yeah. He he knocked down. He knocked him down uh, uh, enough, uh, you know, at the end of the Temple game and UCF game. So, you know, I mean, it'll be. It just it just makes me really nervous because uh, it's. And it, it doesn't make me nervous because I don't have enough time to get nervous.
0: Yeah, he's. I mean, he's the one I'm most comfortable with at the line, though. You know, it's, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not sure, but.
1: Yeah, him and uh, him and Micah, I I would say I'm 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 pretty confident in as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like Mike Adams Woods has been pretty consistent from the line, at least by Bearcat standards. I feel like he's up there. I'm not sure what he's at, but I feel like it's 70s in the 70s.
1: Yeah, I would I would think so. Yeah, that's and for this team, that's pretty good. Uh, One guy I want to talk to you about though, who has made it into the starting lineup, but uh, that's pretty much all that he's done uh, is the freshman uh, Mikey Saunders. So the three of the four games, excuse me, he's started since coming back, Uh, but he's only, I mean, the first Temple game, he played 15 minutes. Tulane, he played 14. Uh, The second Temple game, he only played four. And then the latest game, he's only played seven. And I feel as though those are all at the, Beginning of the game, like he starts the game, he plays, you know, ten minutes or, or however long, and then we don't see him again. What? To, what do you? What do you think the the thought process is there for for Brandon with with that sort of strategy with Saunders?
0: I think he's trying to get him at least some time in the game, get him to adjust, and you know, get let him get a feel for things. I also think he's trying to conserve some of the other some of the others for later in the game maybe you know i'm not i'm not really sure i feel like when we were first coming back he was letting some of the guys sit at the beginning of the game you know i don't know if it had to do with who was sick most recently maybe some people didn't have their legs back quite yet and he was trying to limit their time you know i wasn't i wasn't really sure what was going on but off the top of my head i cannot remember a single Saunders play from the last four games he's kind of just been a ghost out there in his limited run
1: yeah i mean i mean he's definitely not a scoring threat from the outside i mean his shots just not you know transitioned to division 1 basketball yet from high school i mean his his stats i mean one block one rebound one assist two steals two turnovers and that's between all four of the, all four games uh, since we've restarted. So I, you know, I don't I don't know. I, I guess it is just to, to get some playing time. You know, throw them out there. But it's it kind of seems like uh, a misuse almost because you know the starting five that is lining up against UC is the best five that the other team has, and then you're throwing out the freshman against that. I don't you know how. How much service, how much, you know. Are you doing the kid a favor by by doing that to him? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not really sure what Brandon's all all going for. You know, maybe chemistry of certain lines. Maybe some people feel more comfortable off the bench. I'm not I'm not really sure what's going on with him. You know, I thought I was big on Saunders though when he was coming in. I still think he can he can be a good player down the road. I'm sure it takes a little bit more time for that type of player to adjust though. I mean, just surely based on size, there's gotta be just a massive difference as a player going from high school to big time D one. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, especially I feel the like Jennifer struggled the same way.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh I mean, the point guard position has to be, like, the toughest, if not one of the toughest positions to, you know, grow into, uh, especially as the freshman. So, I don't know. I, hopefully he, he finds a rhythm so he can get some more minutes at least, but something else to watch out for if, if he's going to stay in, in the starting lineup. Uh, as I uh, As you were talking there, I don't know if you heard, but I cracked a beer are you uh are you going with with a miller's tonight or do you have something uh, a little fancier
0: no nothing nothing fancy in the fridge right now but just the just the miller's nice the game day beer game the game day beer very nice
1: i'm drinking a uh, luna lux from mad tree it's their white ipa i've had it before but this is the first time this season uh I'm a big fan. One because it's—I mean, my dog's name is in it, Luna. Uh, but I think, as far as subsets of of styles of beer, the white IPA might be my favorite IPA subset or sub style or whatever you want to call it. Uh, this was pretty pretty damn good beer. As I open up another one,
0: but I'm not sure if I've had many white IPAs. I don't really. If I have, I haven't really paid attention to that uh, distinction. I Do can't really think of any off the top of my head, though. Do you like uh, Belgian beers? Not not the biggest fan of Belgian beers, no.
1: That I haven't be- got
0: around to acquiring that taste yet.
1: Might be why. It's, it's, it's an IPA brewed with Belgian yeast, so that might be uh, why you're not well-versed. But I would highly recommend it. Uh, West side, I've had a a great one this season as well. And I drank a whole bunch of those. So no, I don't think they're canning those anymore. So I've I've moved on to the mad tree ones that I found. So Uh, anyway, uh, uh, moving on uh, from, from the beer talk, we, uh, so tell me who do you think as, as the restart uh, has happened here, who is your, uh, your MVP of the team so far to that's, has helped get us over
0: the, this these four wins so far. It kind of feels like it's somebody different every night, for the most part. I mean, I guess you would have to go to Julius has probably had the biggest impact overall. I would say. Okay, I, I'd probably um, agree with that. You know him, him and Williams, and then. Now, Mike Adams Woods, though these last two games has probably been the uh, the most pleasant surprise, though. he stepped up quite a bit.
1: Well, let me throw this stat out for for, uh, for uh, Micah. Uh, so, the, his, the first eight games of the season, uh, from the three point line, he shot twenty percent, five for twenty five, and in the last six games, including you know the four that that we've won he's shooting 50% 10 for
0: 20 yeah he's been he's been stepping up he seems a lot more confident in his shot
1: yeah he I, I definitely I mean I, I think uh especially was that yeah last game what he had like he had double digits put up 13 uh, and the temple game uh, he had 12 but I, I felt very comfortable with him shooting the ball, you know, at, with a decent shot. I was, I mean, I was very comfortable with him shooting the ball. It almost, uh, especially last game, it felt if he shot it, it was going in. He had like what, three or four three-pointers, I think. So uh, definitely hope the the strong shooting from Micah continues. And, you know, Davenport, he's kind of been the constant all year. Uh, so if you have, you know, Davenport and then Micah going, you know, decent from the three-point line, I like our chances a lot more going
0: forward in, in a lot of the games. Yeah, he's he's one of very few people that I have any confidence in when he when he pulls up from three. So it's nice to see him being more assertive out there. Uh, I'd like to get Mattson more looks also as we um, finish up the year. But we'll see what Brandon draws up for him.
1: Yeah, same. I, I feel, It feels like I, – I, how if he doesn't shoot it, he doesn't get the get the shot off a lot of the time. Maybe he's looking to, to pass too much or something. But uh, I, I definitely wouldn't mind more uh, Mason Madsen shots for sure. So here's uh let's let's talk about uh, the starter who wasn't a starter who's a starter again. Uh, everyone's favorite center Chris vote uh, so I, I, I did some I ran some numbers on on him as well and the four games that, that uh since we've been back vote is averaging seven, 4 point8, one and a half, 2, and one. so points seven, four point eight rebounds, one and a half assists, two blocks. And just one turnover, which are all better than his season average. What do you what do you think about Chris Vogt's play so far? As we've been back back in action,
0: he's definitely looked better. Uh, seems much more uh, confident on the defensive end, um, in terms of what his role is just being a help side, a lot of help side defense, I feel like in the last game, in terms of help side defense blocks and stuff like that. Um, You know, on offense, it's still kind of ugly, obviously, but it's been more productive. But that's kind of always been his MO, you know, show up against the bad teams and then get shut down by anybody with an athletic big. So, I mean, I think Houston will be more telling, although they don't really have much size inside. So I think it's an opportunity for him to have a decent game against a good team, but we shall see. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think I think he's finishing around the rim better the past, uh, especially the past two games. Uh, he's he's finishing better. He's I mean he's looking uh, to play better help side defense. I think. Uh, In the Temple game, he had like six or or seven blocks, which, I mean, a lot of the times, if you're blocking that many shots, it's because you were playing help side defense in the paint. So, you know, I, I like that. I think, I think, especially earlier in the game, Brandon's not just letting him, like, he's definitely not calling like ISO plays for him anymore. And he's he's bringing them out of the of the low post to try to facilitate a little more, trying to get other people going before you know they they throw it into the black hole that is vote sometimes. But I think you know for as much as we we hate on him, I think the past two games, if if he can keep up at least this level of play, which I think is less or lower than what we all would like it to be, but even his his you know contributions like from the last two games, I think. Uh, could still do the team a lot of good if he can keep that up.
0: Yeah, I think – I'm not sure how many minutes he's been playing. I didn't look at that, but I feel like they've been limiting the minutes a little bit and letting him do less, and he's been more comfortable in that you know, smaller role, but he's been more effective in it also. Um, you know, coming up against Ooh. Houston, though, I was looking because, as I was saying, Houston doesn't have a whole lot of size. And I was looking back to what he did last year against them. And in the win last year, he went four for four from the field, two for two from the line to 10 points, but had five blocks, only had two boards. But that's kind of like what we've been seeing out of him these last four games. I mean, it doesn't jump off of the page, but it's a solid contribution and then in the loss to him, he was 1 of 3 from the field, 0 of 2 from the line, 2 points, 0 blocks, and 7 boards. So that's kind of more of the uh, the bad Chris vote. So I think it'll be key that he has to have at least a decent game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, what you're telling all the listeners is that whether we beat Houston or not is going to be solely based off of Chris vote's play. That's what I've heard.
0: Hundred percent on Chris Vo's back. The whole team on Sunday. He's got to get ten points and five blocks, and we win. Seems easy enough. Uh, <laughs> what kills me about
1: vote is when I look down his his uh, his stats here is when he's finishing games as a seven foot guy with three or less rebounds in the entire game. That kills me. Uh, I mean, in the UCF game, he had seven, which is awesome. But the Temple game before that, he played 23 minutes and had three rebounds. Uh, The Tulane game, he played 16 minutes, had four rebounds. I don't know. That is one aspect of his game that I think I would like to see get a lot
0: better and hopefully very quickly. Yeah, he's just not a very physical – player despite the fact that he's seven foot he's not exceptionally coordinated and i also feel like he takes himself out of the play a bunch of times trying to block shots and he's nowhere near in position to rebound when when the person misses but yeah it would be nice to see him get at least five boards a game if he's going to be playing 20 minutes
1: yeah definitely agree definitely agree uh So you said uh, you said your your MVP of the restart you would probably give to to Julius. I'd probably do that as well. Uh, Some of the other things that that we haven't really uh, hit on yet is uh, Keith uh, officially joined the one thousand point club, which I think they said he was like the sixty fourth or sixty fifth player to do that. Uh, So that's always cool. Uh, I don't. I mean, he obviously doesn't. Stand a chance of getting to the two thousand point club that is much more you know loftier of a uh achievement, but that's still cool for another guy
0: to uh to join that club yeah being being in the top I think it was like sixty five or so but you know, when you're playing for to be non biased at least the top twenty. Basketball program in history. That's that's still a big-time big-time accomplishment You have 13th most
1: winning this program in in college basketball Uh, I saw a tweet about how the top 13 teams are not ranked this year like the 13th So, uh, so yes, you're definitely within in the uh, the guess of of top 20 there Uh, but Here's, uh, here's what we started to talk about at the beginning of the podcast, what everyone is losing their mind over, uh, even right now as I look at Twitter, uh, a lot of people are talking about it, and that is the departure of Mr. Zach Harvey. Uh, I, I feel as so though both of us are pretty high on Zach, especially when uh, it was you know, he announced that he was coming to UC. Uh, we were pretty excited for that right off the bat. So what do you uh, – <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of speculation out there as to, you know, is this a COVID issue? Is this a Brandon issue? You know, there's a list of players that, that have departed uh, in the past two years. Uh, I mean, what, what, what's your instant reaction to, to Harvey opting out for the rest of the season
0: and probably not coming back to the program? Yeah, I and mean, he hasn't said he's not coming back yet, but – We'll just assume that that's the case because that's what the you know, quote-unquote insiders seem to be saying right now. Um, now I'm not really panicking about it. I was, I was high on him coming in. Anytime we get a four-star recruit, it's big news. Um, but he just never really seemed to fit in, never really f- seemed comfortable in his role, uh, wasn't utilized a whole lot. And so him kind of, you know, I don't know if he's using COVID as kind of an excuse to quietly get out of town or if it really was COVID that kind of soured him on, on the season. You know, either way, I'm not, I'm not really panicking. I feel like half the four-star recruits in my lifetime have, have left the program because it just didn't work out for them. So it's, it's not really a new story. I'm not sure why people are treating it like it is, I guess, because there's been so many minor players that have left also along with him. Um, People are losing their minds thinking Brandon can't retain players. Uh, I'm not, I'm not anywhere near as negative as a lot of people are.
1: Which which is a a refreshing take for you, I feel, or at least... People wouldn't guess that that are that are close to you here. Um, so you, you mentioned the other players. So uh, Jay Cirola from last year, he was the other other seven footer. He's the guy that uh, that sold his Mini Cooper and moved to Italy or, or wherever the hell he went back. Wasn't to. it Spain? Spain, sure. We'll, we'll say Spain. Uh, so he sold the Mini Cooper and went to Spain. Uh, you had more who left. Uh, Rap, who who left after seven games this season. Uh, Madsen, the other Madsen brother, opted out. Uh, Mamadou was in, then it was out, and now he's back again, but he's not seeing a whole lot of minutes. Uh, and then now Harvey. So, well, I think what the what the uh, panic is on Twitter is if you take that trend and that that was the players. And you add in the fact that we do not have any recruits for next season yet. Uh, I don't know, you know. People are trying to read the tea leaves or the writing on the walls to figure out, you know, what exactly is going on inside, you know, the relationships with the players and then, you know, relationships with the recruits. So you're, you're not ready to press the panic button yet.
0: No, not at all. Uh I mean, decent amount of those. The people that left were Cronin guys, and you know that's understandable. That you don't want to play in a different system for a different coach. And then I mean, most of the other people are are transfers. That you know maybe you know if I'm wrapped, you're a grad transfer. It's not working out. It's a COVID season. You know I don't know if I'd want to stick around either. It's not like he's going to NBA next year or anything like that. You know, get out of the United States, get a jump on on your international career. I don't think that's a bad decision on his part. It's not like he's a building block or anything like that going forward. Um, Harvey's really the only one you could make an argument that that's a high school guy that Brandon brought in was supposed to be at least you'd figure a building block. So, I mean, he's been the only one that's been semi surprising. Um, but like I said, I'm not hitting the panic button.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, if you remember when, uh, when they were bringing Harvey in, like they made a big deal about it because, you know, they, uh, he had some, some issues with the, with the law or, or a court case or, or something. And, uh, they were, they made a, you know, a big deal about like setting up this plan for his success, you know, and making sure something like that didn't happen again and now it's like that whole thing is like completely forgotten about. It seems like I feel as though it, it Harvey would have to, you know, take that into consideration. You know, the I don't want to say like UC did him a favor, but there wasn't a whole lot of options he had left. You know, after you know he got into trouble. So it's like, is he, is this just a you know fu to the you know to the school's efforts to make it work with him? I don't know. It's just something that uh that you know, I've thought about since learning yesterday that he's he's stepping away.
0: Yeah, I'm like I said, it's tough to speculate what's going on with him, but um, you know, who who knows, but I don't think it's gonna hurt the team that much. He wasn't wasn't a major factor. Um yeah, like I said, i'm not I'm not overly worried about retaining players. Not having any recruits next year is a is a different story, but we'll see what happens with that.
1: still, still think we got time to to write that ship for the for the recruits.
0: I mean, you would hope so.
1: Yeah, I would hope so too. But yeah, it's I mean, it's weird that we don't even have one, but uh, but yeah, I think there's still time to, you know to fix that. and I, I feel as though still with, I mean, you know, Easton, I think, was, was a big get, you know, the, the top player out of Washington. You know, he was a big get for Brandon. But, I mean, he's still, you know, next, you know, going into his third season next season, I would still look for him to rely on the transfer portal, uh, especially with that continuing to grow at an insane
0: rate every season. Yeah, he's he's definitely been – Relying on the transfer portal to to start his his tenure here, but I feel like a lot of coaches do that. Same. You'd like yeah. to see him start getting some high school talent here. Not as many grad transfers coming in.
1: So we have so we have Houston uh, coming up on, on Sunday at one o'clock. Uh, After uh, that, I mean, who knows what will happen to the schedule uh, between now and then. Uh, You know, we're supposed to make up some games between Memphis. Uh, We still have, uh, you know, SMU on the board here as I look at it. Uh, And ECU, who recently beat Houston. Uh, So it's not like the rest of these are are gimmies, you know, the rest of the way. Uh, You... uh, who, what's your guess going to be for, you know, the, who's going, to, will did Julius continue to be the MVP of the second half of the season, or do you, you look for uh, someone else to, to carry us the rest of the way?
0: You'd like to see Williams step up in the bigger games and be, and be the go-to guy. to um, so Julius isn't, isn't as dynamic of a of a playmaker as Williams is, so you, I would like to see Williams sc- score more coming down the stretch. Uh, you know, be more ball dominant, um, take over games in the second half. That would be nice, especially if he plans on going to the NBA. He's going to want to start putting putting some solid performances on tape.
1: Yeah. I, I would like to see that as well I mean this far in I don't know if we're going to get to see that this year uh but you know I mean <clears throat> other than than Williams I would say I mean Davenport uh he's been the the constant all season I hope that continues as well uh I, I think uh you know he's he's like the, the high energy guy on the team and uh would probably definitely be even better with the, with a crowd around him uh, at home uh so I'm I'm gonna i to throw out I'm gonna throw Davenport for uh, for the MVP the rest of the way even though we still have a lot of basketball left just something that uh, that I'll continue to watch on uh, watch every game to see if if he's still uh,
0: you know making the the local recruits proud yeah he's been solid all year I mean if you had to pick out uh, an MVP for the season up to this point. Davenport would have to be in the running, just in terms of his all-around contributions. Uh, coming down the stretch, though, you want—I'd want to see. I imagine everybody would as well want to see Easton continue to develop, uh, finish around the basket a little better, maybe. Um, For sure. But just continue, c- continue to develop. I wouldn't mind if, if we see him putting up some double doubles here coming down the stretch. That'd be nice.
1: Yeah, I feel as though his, his minutes have taken a dip here since the return. Uh, I, Of course, stupid internet is not working. Here we go. Trying to pull it up just to see what is his minutes. Yeah, so the second tipple game, he only played seven minutes. Uh, the Central Florida game, only 10. Uh, I hope that is a, a trend that gets reversed soon uh, because I think – like you're right uh, i want to see him continue to take the steps to uh to be a double double machine uh as he goes on
0: yeah he definitely seems to have the ability to do that it's i think it's just adjusting to this level and yeah you know, i'd like to see him get some more minutes get the opportunity to do that although you know with due returning he kind of plays the same type of role so any minutes he's he's getting are going to affect East, you got to figure. But I'd like to see both of them out there more. For sure.
1: <clears throat> all right, Nodal. Let's wind this down with a
0: final question here. All right, will 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 Jeru bite anybody? Say it again. Does Jeru bite anybody this time around? If so, who?
1: Oh, I you know I, I completely I, that was not the question, but. That, that's fine. I'm going to say he, if mama do plays major minutes, I'm going to say the, the chances of another
0: biting skyrocket. I think Williams claimed he got bit too. Although that wasn't as, as obvious on tape, but I, if I remember correctly, both of them claimed to have been bitten by Giroux last year.
1: How bizarre was that? I remember watching. I remember the coat or what's his name? Uh, the coach for, for Houston, after the, the game, he said that absolutely did not happen. That was not a part of ba- our basketball culture, and went on the spiel. <laughs> and then they
0: showed him the video, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm sorry." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty absurd. I mean, can only really compare it to maybe Grayson Allen's, you know, tripping incidents back in the day. On, on the NBA level, of course you had Draymond slapping people in the nuts a few years ago, but and yeah, it was that was bizarre. Louis Suarez, if you want to cross over sports to soccer, <laughs> that's the direct comparison, just biting people. But yeah, I'm not sure. I can't imagine just thinking I'm gonna go ahead and just bite this guy in the middle of a basketball game, but I guess that's how they do it in Houston.
1: Hey sometimes you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Uh is is yeah. the, the game the Sunday is it at home is it at, in Cincinnati?
0: Uh You know that is a good question. I'm not even paying attention to that stuff anymore. It's not like I'm going to be there. Well, the only reason I, I asked is because around you, Clifton cuz the Texas blackouts. so I don't know if that's affected
1: Houston uh, in any way shape or form. Uh
0: That's yeah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I I forget if we are home or away. But uh, no, I, in Houston. Yeah, was that switched last second? I feel uh, like you, that was switched last second. That yeah, was that was supposed that was, to that was be another, here. Thing, uh, another
1: thing people were making a big deal out of. It was supposed to be at UC, and whatever bullshit reason they did switch it, but I don't know how. You know the the rolling power outages is going to affect that. So hopefully they got some uh, generators there in the, uh, in the gym.
0: Yeah. Or just, you know, playing with the power out can do that. Also real old school feel to it. It's one o'clock. It doesn't matter.
1: Uh, yeah. I feel as if you're not, indoors. if you're playing, if you're not playing with power, the chances of another biting in the dark go way up again. So Definitely need to find some lights down there Yeah All right, no, well, I appreciate you jumping on with me uh, again here. I think I think we've uh, had a a nice first show back uh, since I think uh, January sixth was the last time a a new episode was posted so after uh, my I before you jumped on here, I was telling everyone, you know, I had a things got crazy with with my coaching and then I got COVID and then the Bearcats were on a COVID break anyway. So it was a nice, I guess, a a right time to, uh, to take a break, but uh, hopefully this becomes a, uh, a regular thing again throughout the rest of the basketball season. And uh, we'll definitely have
0: you back to talk more hoops as we go along. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Hopefully they get a win on Sunday. Shock the world it'd be nice tonight not hear from the Brandon haters for a few days.
1: Yeah. A, a win over uh, number eight or number six or whatever they are. Uh, a win over yes. Houston will definitely do that. So uh, I'm sure I will talk to you before then. And uh, I'm sure I'll definitely talk to you on Sunday, brother. Definitely. All right. Go Bearcats. Thanks, man.